this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello and welcome to Katie Piper's Extraordinary People. It's the podcast where I sit down with an extraordinary person and share their story. They might have overcome something amazing or they might still be on their journey with stories that will challenge you, make you laugh, cry and hopefully feel a little bit inspired. My guest today is an icon of the UK music scene with top five hits spanning across three decades, starting out in his teens by teaming up with garage duo Artful Dodger. He very quickly got noticed by the music industry, leading to the release of his debut album, Born To Do It. With a number one album under his belt at just 19 years old, he continued to release hit albums before taking a break to relocate to Miami, spending years entertaining the rich and famous for his legendary house parties. A musical comeback was calling. He stopped partying and he got writing again. And since his 2016 album, Following My Intuition, took him straight back to the top spot, he hasn't looked back. On top of that, one of his biggest achievements came very recently as he was named on the Queen's New Year's Honours list for his services to music. Craig David, MBE, joins me now. Hello. Katie, how are you? Wow, that was, <laughs> that was a beautiful, beautiful intro. I appreciate it. <laughs> Does it feel surreal hearing that? Yeah, I mean, it's... It's still, I mean, it was something that, I mean, such an honour to to receive MB, but I think it only kind of really hit home when I got a letter through the post that actually had my name and it said uh, MB, Esquire, MB at the end. And I was just like, oh my God, it's actually is real. Yeah. So Are yeah. you going to change all your bank cards and everything then? Do you know what? Nah, it's like, I mean, I'm, <laughs> it's one of those things that I was, I'm just, I mean, it's an honour to, to receive it, but I also just know that life doesn't sort of stop at that point and you kind of, it's, a, it's an achievement, but we, we continue on. I've got so much more to, to do and help and, and keep going. So it's, it's just lovely to be recognized for it, to be honest. Mm. And knowing the queen appreciates your music. Yeah. It's, 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 it's amazing. I think of my grandma um, and just stories that she told me of like in the war and her sort of riding a bike over Itchen Bridge in Southampton. And there was like, sort of bombs dropping around and there was like, she was going into a bunker and telling me all these stories about what was happening. And I couldn't quite kind of really, I couldn't relate to it because it just felt, felt so kind of out there. And then she talked about mm-hmm. the queen and how important the royal family was and what it was to overcome. And I, for her, I, I, I feel really proud that she's looking down thinking, wow, wow, a little kid from mm-hmm. Southampton in a, in a council state and you, you've got an MBE. I, I think it's more for, for her and the, for the family, you know? So yeah, very proud. Yeah. I mean, that whole story of where you started, you know, I'm from Southampton as well, so I know it really well. Mm. 
Um, uh, and I grew up there. That was my place. I went clubbing and I studied there. Um, you being 19 years old, um, with those achievements under your belt, you know, that first album that we all know and love, Born to Do It. What was it like? Your life must have completely changed. Yeah, I mean, the the biggest difference, Kate, was I noticed when I was walking up Southampton High Street, um, which I'd done for most of my teenage years. And I remember when Rewind started to connect, I'd walk up there and people that I recognized and knew, because Southampton, you know, it's quite, it's a small place. So you sort of know, you know people, but you may not know them. Do you know what I mean? It's like you mm-hmm. say hi and you the high now them, turned. Yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying? So the high turned into sort of coming over and being like, oh, wow, I've heard this song Rewind and oh, can I get a quick autograph from my, from, they say it for the sister or for their brother. It was always that kind of, that one. They're always <laughs> like, oh, can I get for your sister? Yeah. They didn't want to go there for like for direct. And I was like, well, something's happening here. And I, it was almost like the last time I was able to really walk that high street without it really start to turn into like pandemonium. People really started to, more people, people recognizing more autographs. And I was like, wow, something's changed. So yeah, it was, it was different because I'd always known that as being my, my place to go to. Mm. And it was a big responsibility. Like you think back then you're talking about the nineties. Mm. So there wasn't maybe, I don't think there were camera phones, were there back then? No, I mean, it was, I was like, it was, we, we went through the pager phase where you get that little yeah. page, the page of sort of <laughs> mum saying like, you need to call me back. And then you know that you're out too late. You try and reverse yeah. the, the, the charges on the, on the phone box. And you know that when she's not actually not paying for the reverse charge call, you've got problems when you get home. That's, you, you know, those ones, Katie. It was like, wow. I, uh, so I had a BT call card where I could like put the bill on my dad's tab and right. that, that kind of worked well for me. Yeah, it, it works until the, the tab starts rising up and then you're like, oh my dad, like what's going on? So yeah, so it was, yeah, it was come mobile phones. We were kind of at that point. I remember like the Nokia Flip and the Sony Ericsson's, but there wasn't any taking photos and stuff. So it was very, it was, it was a lot more organic in terms of an, uh, let's let's take a can I get your autograph or if you were going to take a picture it'd be like you'd have to have like a digital camera and you were going to or go to ha- Happy Snaps and get it actually processed. So it was a, it was a yeah. slower yeah. process. I think people were more engaged in the well you're here in front of me. What mm. can I grab something? So um yeah it's changed over the years. But actually maybe in terms of sales and records, harder to reach your audience because you don't have as many platforms to connect with them on um, to sell as many records. Uh, yeah, I'd say, you know, it's different. I think there's, there's there's many like pros of kind of how now you can you can be on these different platforms, as you said, and you you can hit a variety of people around the world just from, your, from, mm. from what used to be very local and you had to work that locally. Um, but then also there's kind of a mystique that was that was created when you didn't have so many platforms. It was almost like when you did go to a show to go and see an artist, you were like, I don't know what you have for breakfast. I don't know what you were doing in your private, your private life. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. You're just like, I'm in awe of, wow, you're on the TV, yeah. you're on the radio. So there was kind of a, a mystique that I think now we've become a lot more in each other's pockets. But I do feel that it made me have to work a little differently. I had to really work the circuit in Southampton, go to those. I don't know if you remember juice or old orientals and new york new york and uh, mccluskey's and there was like (laughs) all those all those kind of i mean i just remember those i remember those those places and you you just if you got a little name in there you were on the come up but i never knew it was Mm going to explode the way it did so i think when it did it was like it was it hit a lot differently it wasn't people didn't expect it It was like oh wow you have been working like for three four years five years before this actually broke prior to that and then it it went so so the music industry then in the 90s mm. compared to the music industry that you're in now, it, it's different in a positive way or what would you say? 
I think it's really positive for for new artists who are trying to be seen, like are able to to be at home, especially like in the time that we're in now. I mean, you can actually create at home, throw it up on your Instagram, throw it, you could create a podcast, you can throw it up on your mm-hmm. Facebook, on your YouTube. I just think that that is like, it's open the doors. There's no gatekeeper between you and the audience anymore. And I think that's super important. How would you describe yourself, um, not just as an artist, but as a person? Because obviously, you know, you're hugely successful, not just your achievements, but in terms of your longevity. Mm. You know, are you are you really hard on yourself? Are you a perfectionist? I feel that there's there were times in my life um, where I'm very much the perfectionist part of me is, is part of my skill set, but also I've realised that the imperfection is is kind of what makes it quite special now. I understand the the flip on it. I'd still be tweaking Born to Do It if it had it my way, because I'm just like, oh, we can just get that. I can do that ad lib a bit better. I can sing that vocal a bit. And the thing is, if you if you procrastinate too much, um, there's an amazing movie, which I don't know if you've seen, the, the Disney animation of Soul. Um, yeah, I with, watched uh, it Jamie recently. Yeah. The voiceover. There's a great mm. part where they show when people procrastinate they get out mm-hmm. of touch with their with their their real calling. So they're just like, they keep going, keep going, keep perfectionist, keep being that. And then all of a sudden you're out of the flow of actual life and being in balance. So I feel that now I've found a really nice middle ground where I'm like, I can let things go and almost surrender mm-hmm. and let it just, let it go out there. Do you know what I mean? Who am I to judge that this is? Let me do the best I can, but let's not just decimate it down to like the finest thing to the point where you don't even release it because you're just, you're just too procrastinating on it. Um, and that's a beautiful balance when you find that. So what, how did you get to that point? Is that to do with age or life experience? Do you know what? It's life experience. I, I, I feel I've always been a bit of an old soul in, in terms of the people I used to hang around with when I was growing up. They were usually like about 10 years older than me. So I'd... Mm-hmm. The DJ I was emceeing for was like 10 years older when I met, uh, and his DJ Flash, great DJ down in Southampton, uh, still got so much love for him. Uh, Fraser T. Smith, who was a, who, one of my best friends, um, he was at, he was at the early stages of filming all the way through. He was like 10 years older again. So I was always kind of around older people because I sort of felt like I could connect a lot more. But in terms of life mm-hmm. experiences, they're the things that really set you in motion. And I started to mm-hmm. really kind of go into reading lots of metaphysical books and spirituality and what that was that I wasn't getting responses from buying another thing or, or doing mm-hmm. another thing. And it just, it set me in motion and I started to get it. I'm like, oh, okay, I actually need to be more playful, more fun. Not mm-hmm. like the kid, the kid, we're all, I printed out a big picture the other day. It was just that, um, we're all, we're, all, we're all kids at heart pretending to be adults. And for me, that's what it is. We just, we, we all want to play. We just have this yeah. responsibility of we've got to put food on the table and roof over our heads and look after and I've got the, the job. And we just want to play. And as soon as I play, I tend to kind of have the best time. And I also seem to make the right decisions. So I don't know if that's the same for you. If you feel there's the playfulness is what makes life feel a little bit more, less, less serious, you know? It's interesting when you touched what I heard you say then about a higher power, because mm. um, I always wonder that about you, like you seem somebody that constantly challenges mindset, you seem very positive energy. And I wondered if that is a deeper faith or it, or is it just labelled as spirituality for you? Do you have a religion? Do you know what it is? It's, it's, my, it's in my heart, like in, it's the best way I can describe it. Because I always know, I mean, I grew up with, on my mother's side, there was 
Jewish lineage with my, with my mum, my mother's mother being a reformed Jew and her, her father being Orthodox. So that kind of runs down the mother line of, of being Jewish. My dad's side, dad's side was like a uh, Seventh-day Adventist uh, Christian. Uh, I just know that there's a, there's a greater power and people can call it universe, God. You can have so many different names for it. And also sometimes with religion, it can, it can box you in when you kind of you mm. lock into one. So I try and keep it quite very open because I think they're all at the root saying the same thing. Do you have, do you have yourself, do you have any like sort of spiritual practices or things that you do that you find that brings you in alignment? Yeah, I do. So I, I, I identify as a faith and I wasn't brought up that way. Like I was brought up in just kind of almost like an atheist household, mm. um, just kind of, you know, good morals, you know, do, do as you want done to you, those kind of things. And totally. I found um, a faith in Christianity mm. in my adult years. Right. Um, and it's something that I, you know, it's interesting because some people would call it spirituality. Like I do believe, I believe in spirituality too. Um, but I very much am sort of definite in my beliefs and I can take it to like scripture and Bible right. and, you know, to the point where I even sometimes get subtle messages and I pick mm -hmm. up on messages from a higher power and stuff. So love this. Yeah, love it's hard. This. You know, it's a difficult conversation because for some people that they that freaks them out and they don't believe that. I love it. I love that you you get downloads because that's it's beautiful. It's like yeah. you're getting you're getting an extra little insight that helps you on your course. I love that. I wondered about you. Like, where do you go? Um, if you're having a tough time, if if even you know positive mindset can only take you so far, and mm. you're challenged, and you're you're asking, well, why me or why this? What do you do in those difficult times? You know, I've got to say that I mean meditation, prayer. That, that this, it, it, again, they're all labels for the for this for the same thing. You you want to be present, quiet down the mind, because the answers aren't going to necessarily come when you're. You're, you're anxious, especially when you're, you're you're spiraling and you're trying to find the answer, which I can only do when I'm calm. I found that through doing a lot of reading, um, listening to a lot of audio books, um, and also, I mean, amazing. That's why I think, not even think, I know within, within your podcast and what you're doing is the healing. People are getting it right now. It's amazing mm. what, how many people you're touching with, with doing this. I love it. Um, Thank you. It's, it's credit where it's due. It's like when you, when you find your calling, it's, it's, it's beautiful. And you've got, it's like a lotus petal. You've got so many facets. This is one of many things that you, you bring to the table. So thank you for having mm. me on. I feel like going inward and being quiet. Now that can be in quiet contemplation. That can be prayer. That can be meditation. I just find that it reduces any anxiety I have. There's certain things that feel like I want to control them. Um, but by relinquishing that and again, having faith in a higher power to, to surrender and say, I allow something greater to take control. From my experiences, just, I've realized that I've had some times where you, you, you've got to just ride that wave of this isn't the down part and I've got to be here. Don't get so attached to it to know that we're not going to see it through this light at the end of the tunnel, but let's ride it. And then when you do get the up motion, you have a different appreciation for when that may happen again. I'm so glad you said that because I think wrongly some people can feel like a failure when it comes to the positivity movement because they feel that if they experience any other emotions that aren't in quote positive, then they're not getting it right. Mm -hmm. 
And actually, like you said, it's so important to experience all spectrums of, of, of emotions, you know, the good, the bad, and sit with it and, and be able to experience it. It's, it's not about constantly reeling off the positive quotes, being happy and, and coping all the time. And particularly for men, because there is this stigma still around, you know, men discussing that, admitting that, and that being seen as some kind of physical weakness. I mean, you're so right. And I feel so strongly that the, the new wave, the new, the new male, the new masculine um, identity, we're breaking down all the old molds, which is what we've seen over yeah. the last few years. There's a part of me that, that kind of feels like, wow, we're breaking through where now we know what the old male model was. We've done that. We've seen when that got us. Yeah. And we've seen how much of the suicide rates have kind of flown up because people aren't able to express themselves because there's this social notion that, that we don't talk about that. Come on. Mm. And I love that we're breaking through, but now what we need is what is the new male? What's the new, what's the new model here? Because we don't really know. And I know in my heart, I feel in my heart that I need to be able to express that. I need to be like, listen, I can, I can give you the sensitive side. I can give you, I can express my truth. I can say it and be cool with it. And that I feel is what we need more role models of because women have been wonderful yeah. at this. Like you're fan you're, yeah. you're, you do this it's the energy <laughs> thing and that we need to tap we're into happy that. to do this this is our this is our natural state for for women i think natural and guys you need to step back of the action because your action's got us in a whole load of nonsense and bring, <laughs> and bring us back <laughs> only into, you can say this i'm putting say it this. out there listen we know where we've <laughs> yeah. got and get back into being more sensitive and that's that's what, that's what we're balancing. Well, for me, I mean, that title of following your intuition, I mean, what, what a great title. I suppose that that sums up your, it, it's quite a brave thing to do to follow your intuition, isn't it? It's, it's for some people, it's, it feels like a risk. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's in your heart and it, that's the, the difference. So I've just tried to live my life from a feeling-based thing rather than a heady thing because the young mm. me in Southampton was all feeling-based. So I want to take you back to a time in your life. I don't know if this was a good time or a bad time mm. for you, um, but it was when you chose to have a break from the music industry. Um, you know, you were you were massive and you, you left the UK, you went to Miami. Mm. What was the reason you took that break? In my mind, it wasn't really a break. I was like, I'd got, um, I got swayed by the beautiful weather of Miami and the palm trees and the beautiful, uh, we always say that beautiful weather is like, come and get to it. Those beautiful women in bikinis that are running around the beach. What's this, this beautiful weather <laughs> we and, and palm tea. trees? <laughs> Stop this, please, 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 please. Okay. So yeah. So I got swayed by the whole thing and you're like, wow. And I, I, when I, I bought a place there, which was supposed to be like a, a small sort of holiday home. Cause I've been going for many mm -hmm. years. Uh, just for How old were you at this point then? So the first time I went there was like at Filmy Insta stage. So I was like 19. And I fell in love with it. And so I went every two weeks. Uh, sorry, every year, sorry, for two weeks. Imagine every two weeks, that'd be brilliant. <laughs> I, you know, I used to go out with Fraser um, T. Smith, who I spoke about earlier. And we'd go out there and like, we just do New Year's, go crazy, have fun, come back. There was this one point where they were building the Mondrian Hotel, um, which I loved when I used to go to LA. And they were doing mm -hmm. like apartments where you could buy your own apartment um, and rent it out in the program. So that was the idea. And I bought, I, I was going to buy a, a small little place and I was living in, in Hampstead in London. It was all good. And then I saw the, the, the 
property developer did a beautiful number on me. He's like, he took me upstairs, showed me this apartment. I was at the top floor. I was like, my God, I saw the view. I started losing my mind. I started seeing, I started seeing the vision. Uh, he sold to uh, you. Because he, well, he did that old one of, no, no, you don't want to go upstairs. Like this is, this is in your price range. We're good here. You, you don't want to check up. I said, what's up there? He goes, nah, this is a bit bigger. It's got views quite good, but you don't want to. I said, okay, cool. Come on then. Come on. Let's look. And I look now. It blew my mind. <laughs> So fast forward, I ended up selling my place in, in London. I moved out there, did it. I couldn't put it in the hotel program because I just couldn't get my head around having people in my home. And then mm-hmm. I spent like four or five years there. And it was, I just ended up not doing music as much. So I thought it wasn't a break. I thought I'm going to have got my studio space here. I'm going to make music from Miami. And then I just ended up going through my studio like not to go onto my terrace and just like lay out there rather than actually staying oh, in it. Oh, wow. Okay. That was when no music happened. So I think there was a, there was a discord for me. And also I feel like people back at home were like, well, he's gone to, he's gone to the UK. He's gone to America, sorry, to get away. He, I don't know. He's, he's taking mm. a break. And I realized that this, what, that wasn't the move. It was like, it was a phase for me. So what was your focus when you were out there then? Was it, was it about having fun? Was it about be, just being you? The first couple of years was all about having fun. It was like all about going to clubs. It was all about going to the latest restaurants. It was just like, just in the scene. It was the new hot hotel. You were there. It had its own, I mean, you've got the pool downstairs. So there was always like an influx of people in and out at a restaurant in there. So it was just that it was buzzing. Um, but then what happened, it just started to grow tiresome for me. It was like, I, mm. I found the whole experience was my soul, this, back to that thing, ticking all the boxes, but you're looking and thinking, well, I'm not feeling right. Like, how can it be that even with all of the beautiful sights that I'm seeing here, and it's a wonderful place, don't get me wrong, but it's just, I'm not feeling it. And it's because I wasn't, I wasn't on purpose. I wasn't in alignment with what my sole mission was to be here. Like music was always in my heart. So I just reined it back in and I ended up throwing a house party. And that house party became TS5, which is my whole DJ set movement that I mm-hmm. actually started in Southampton when I was in my bedroom with my mum like, like that. oh I didn't realise that yeah okay, my mum right. my, my was like in the, in the living room I'd be in my bedroom on my Technics 1210s giving, mixing it up <laughs> and then if I think back to the mixtapes I made and all that everything I did that really is what mm-hmm. TS5 is but I did record the sets and that was the golden ticket for me that was the golden part I recorded them and then I then that was the thing that I had sent to my manager um, Colin Lester who been with for 20 years, who became an OBE this mm. year. So he's super gassed. Oh, he did as yeah, well. Yeah, I mean, right. all the time, oh, wow. same, same year, he gets an OBE yeah. and an MBE. It's just like 20 years of us being together. It was just like crazy. Um, but then he took it and he sent it to a, a few radio stations and uh, it got picked up. And then here we are. So it started to, it started something, but it wasn't, I wasn't on purpose properly. I reined it back. So it was quite organic. It wasn't like this big strategy of right, this is my next move. It, it, it kind of came from doing what you love. Yeah, it really was. So it was fun. And, and I think the fun part of it was what made TS5. I wanted to keep that with everything I do now. It's like, keep it fun. Mm. And it became that. So So another thing, um, whilst we're talking about Miami, mm. um, I'd, I don't know if this is something you'll relate to or not, but when I was researching you, um, mm. I saw in the past that you talked about like your own journey that you'd had with body image and with your own weight. And I saw particularly you talked about being overweight as a child. Mm. And when you went to Miami, all the outdoor gyms, people working out on the beach, there were lots of pictures of you really quite muscly, quite built. And I wondered if you had had um, some kind of journey of your own with any kind of self-esteem issues or or how you perceive your own body image to be up to present day. Yeah. I mean, 
all we're always unraveling stuff that starts off when we're we're, we're kids predominantly in our life and then there'll be other things that happen in our life that we we have to deal with mine was just loving loving to eat chocolate loving loving to eat loving to eat food i just got a huge appetite and the thing is i'd come home from school and my mum would be preparing tea and tea would, for me would be like i don't know crazy ones like chicken kiev and chips and weird oh, combo vintage, yeah, vintage yeah. classics yeah real. <laughs> but while that was cooking i was in the fridge pulling out like a couple of desserts and i still yeah. have room for for the the chicken kiev and i go back to another dessert after i'm good so <laughs> I ended up just kind of going through a phase where I was conscious of my weight. Um, mm-hmm. There was a part where my weight started to grow sort of exponentially past my age. So I was like 14 and I remember my, I was weighing like 15 stone. So it was starting to, oh, wow. it was creeping okay. over. So I, are you tall or not? How tall mm, are you? Five foot 11. So yeah. So okay. when I look back at the pictures, you know, it actually looked, it was a healthy vibe. It was, I was making out like it was a lot more, but when you're in that phase of, starting to move in 15, 16 and your testosterone's going and you're starting to get, you're attracted to girls and you're starting to want to impress, starting to notice clothes ain't fitting as well. You're looking at the, the guys, the school, the captain of the school football team or someone who's very athletic and you're like, oh, I need some of that in my life. So you start doing all these weird fad diets and madness and you're, things like, you're just trying to hide like behind this and you, it, was so, it, was, it felt like it was so important. Mm-hmm. By the time it got to putting out my first that my first song, I'd done some crazy sort of like I love playing football and I love um, playing badminton, so I used those as my two sort of activities to, to sort of lose weight. But I really did mm-hmm. a crazy sort of diet, like I was just not eating much at all. And I got down, so by the time I'd oh, wow. done music, it was like, oh, Craig just yeah. looks a bit like a drain pipe bowl. He's just like, there's not really much to him. He's just it looks like you know what I mean? It's, yeah. And I think that for me, then I had I started a a journey of having to hold that together because now I'm in the, now I'm in the, the public eye, people are seeing me. And I think I was I, mm-hmm. under the pretense of I'm doing this because you need to look a certain way in the music industry. Mm-hmm. And I now realize that's just all nonsense. It's like, it's, it's so much nonsense. And then go to Miami and it, it ex- exacerbated the whole thing even more. Cause you're like, now it's all outside, all top off. Mm-hmm. All, so I pushed the, the weightlifting to a point where, I look back and I want to give that Craig a, a little hug and say, listen, I know what you were trying to do. Congratulations. You did amazingly well. Cause you got your body down to like 5%. You were ripped like crazy, but unless you want to wear a paper bag over your face and you, because you, <laughs> right now you are looking gaunt, my man, you are looking so yeah. skinny and old and you, you're, it's not sustainable. It just wasn't the one just for abs. Yeah. And then I realized that the real beauty was actually in my soul was in the music mm-hmm. I was making. People weren't caring what I was, how many abs have I got into the eight or if you got it down to the 5%. Mm-hmm. They were like, what music are you making? Yeah, it's not relevant. Were you at the gym every day and on like a kind of strict diet? Katie, was it- twice, twice a day, like doing cardio in the morning and then doing weights at night, wow. vice versa. Social activities went out the window a little bit because you're now kind of conscious you don't want to do your thing. Cheat meals yeah. were getting rinsed. Like I, I went in on the cheat meal though. Don't get it. I was going, <laughs> I was very, it was very, when I look back in hindsight, it was very, amazing what I could achieve but I Mm. think my fall from grace with that was I was trying to present myself in a way where inside that wasn't me and I thought that by Mm -hmm. having this external look that that would be the thing that attracted 
the right girl, the right look, the right vibe. People would like say, oh yeah. Well, yeah, you, 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 yeah. And yes, the endorphins rush and you feel good from working out. I think it's important for health, but not for the aesthetic thing. I am just wanting to look a certain way. It's not like I'm yeah. training for nothing. It's not relevant to who you nah. are, and what you're doing. Sing the songs, yeah. just sing. That's all we yeah. care. I don't <laughs> care how many abs you, I don't just play. And I got that and I needed to get out of Miami. I needed to get back to being home. And that was my phase of, of Miami. And I hope that for anyone else who's experienced sort of body shaming or body image, being, being conscious of that, it really is nonsense. But I'm good right now. I feel, I feel healthy. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. Hello, you hungry people. I bring news. Yes, season five of Out to Lunch with me, Jay Rayner, is upon us. The world may have been in meltdown, but I've been using my time wisely, sharing fabulous meals with fascinating people and asking them prying questions. As a long-serving restaurant critic, my theory has always been that the best interviews happen over food, and the proof is this podcast. In season five, you'll find me dining my guests in top restaurants or with lockdown-compliant takeaways over Zoom. People like Darren Brown. Well, I do like a Gruner felt letters. You do that by the glass? Yeah. Yes, we do. What would I like? What would you... <laughs> Don't start. Oh, do, I, do I have to guess? <laughs> Paloma Faith. I've also been told off for telling Samuel L. Jackson what to do. Sophie Ellis-Bexter. Just bring it all in. He's, he's shucking the oysters. Somebody's shucking oysters. <laughs> The oysters are being shucked at the boot of the car, apparently. Noel Clark. So we have lobster miso. Oh my god. Oh my. <laughs> Philippa Perry. I always like a man in makeup because they're, they're improved by it, but I hate false boobs. Hate them. Tom Allen. I do know a bit about patissiere because I knew what a ganache was before any of my friends at school did, but then they were actually quite happily. Getting fingered. So <laughs> and more. So subscribe now in all the usual places. Episodes drop weekly from Tuesday, the twenty sixth of January, twenty twenty one. Was it you that was in, that inspired this comeback? Was it your team? What what made you do this? And you know, even now, like thinking you're you're, you're turning forty this yeah, year. Is that right? Forty. And you're being played on Radio One. I know, I'm right. like, how you know that. That, did you consciously write so that you could get played on Radio 1 or has this just happened? Like, it, it, you know, you took so many professional risks. There's, there's been so much courage and bravery in doing this and it's been a success. Thank I you. mean, for people listening and comparing that to other risks that they know they need to take in their life, but they're too scared to, I wondered if you could kind of elaborate on how you did that. 
Do you know what? For me, it's, I'd like to say that it was something that I knew or I could control or I kind of, I, again, it was that surrendering like to something that was greater and being able to be like, okay, I love making music. I know that. I love to perform. I, I love to be around a crowd and give them a healing that they didn't even know that they needed. That for me is everything. So um, I felt like the part of me was was leaning back into my heart space. I was getting back into what I used, I, I loved, but I didn't, wasn't thinking about it. I wasn't like consciously being like, okay, I need to work with this artist or do this thing. It was when I moved back from uh, Miami and I started to work with uh, Blonde and I worked with Sagala and I was in with Trinada and I was just these up and coming artists. And I was in with KTB, like on an early record. And you started to notice that, oh, I'm on a wave and I'm doing it with people who are on the come up as opposed to, well, you're going to draw for the big guns and go for here X, Y, Z. And what was happening, I was coming up with new people. So it felt like I was bringing this whole new generation who were like discovering me for the first time. And I was like, wow. And I think that when I look back was the USP. It was like going with the, going with someone that you love and think is great in the studio and not judging it based upon the stats. Are you talented? Mm -hmm. Are you having a good time? And that ended up being a place where, man, I see myself on, well, you said Radio 1, there'd be one extra and then there'd be Radio 2. And we, I'm just like, I'm just very, very grateful. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of thinking of like some parallels between us in that, you know, we talked about this milestone of you turning 40 and bringing this kind of the old and the new audience together. And I know with me, whenever I do live shows or book signings and get to meet people, I always see in my audience, it's, it's predominantly female, but the age range is massive because you get women that could have been my mum and they identify with something happening to their daughter, like what happened to mm. me. And then you get the really, really young girls that are struggling with their own confidence, their place in the world, that, that could be my daughter. So I'm always grateful that there's a huge reach um, and it's all kinds of different people. You know, it's really enriching to have all those 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 different personalities sat in front of you. But I find it a pressure because if I'm doing something, well, I have to sell something. Yeah. It's completely two different demographics. Yeah, so, and I wonder if you felt that pressure in this, in this comeback. Yeah. Do, do you know what I've, I realised, and I think that probably what I did before was trying to separate myself into different categories that, and it made me become mm -hmm. a bit of a chameleon. So what happens is then you just sort of, you're not really, people don't really know what it is that you're, you're trying. It makes sense on, on paper to be all those things, but actually when you're just you, you're like, you know what? I'm going to talk the way I talk and make the music that feels right. I'm conscious of some of the things that we, I talk about. So I can get very lofty and get very, um, sort of metaphysical and talk about books that go like we can go there. But then at the same time, the problem with a lot of that stuff is it misses the people who really need to get the healing. People who really mm -hmm. need some help or want to understand, don't really care about, they don't really understand about the meditation thing. I was like, I, they would say, what is that? Whereas if I say to someone, listen, why don't, why don't you go in if, when we can get back out and, and do this, go, go and buy that fish and chips down the road, right? Mm -hmm. Rather than delivery, let's go out. It's cold, throw the jacket on and just breathe in that fresh air and then get that, that fish and chips, put the vinegar and the salt on that and then walk home while you're eating that and just be in that vibe. That's meditation. That's it. You, you cleared your- That's their meditation. You yeah. cleared the mind. Yeah. And I just, I just feel like I want to just, I want to be authentic, fully authentic and not 
Mm. jump between because it's too much effort to put on different faces when you can when you when you come out of the of, of the door and you're just like trying to pretend okay what the stuff that you're doing yeah and then the love that the title of your podcast extraordinary people we all are extraordinary that's the thing like it's it, yes it's, yeah it's just instilling that in people and i think with lockdown i've kind of found that hidden talents that I didn't really know. I'm like doing gardening more now and I'm sort of like loving mm-hmm. it. Or me and my printer, I'm printing out pictures and doing quotes and putting them in frames and yeah. just, I'm having, a, I'm vibing outside of music. And I think everyone's got their thing and it doesn't have to be equated to X amount of success means that mm-hmm. it's, it, that's what means I'm on purpose. Just do the thing that you love and, and be there. And yes, we know the responsibilities, roof over head, money on the table. All well, those things are there, I get it. But the, if you don't play, your inner child gets upset and starts to kick a tantrum and the tantrum kicks off and then you get like depression and you start to spiral down and it's just because it's not mm-hmm. being seen. I want people to be seen. I want my audience to get the feeling. They don't want to be preached to. They don't want me to tell. They just want to hear a tune that makes them feel the vibe. And if you want to go deeper and want to talk about something, we can go and talk about it. But if you want to keep it lighthearted, I can still get it across, but by the way I move as opposed to telling you because people don't like to be told. Well, I think, you know, one thing that's worth remembering for anyone that's listening to this is we all contribute something to the world. Even if you don't want to or you don't feel that and you can't see that, we do. And when when the world came to a standstill, you know, this year and last year, we actually had to sit up and recognise the different people we rely on, the, the, the jobs that actually we're dismissive of, that actually were the kind of, the, the the spine of the country totally. and that when when they weren't there when they got sick when they couldn't work you know we all started to crumble um and that that for me you know I, it's it's a sensitive thing to say but i have found so many positives in the last um year or so with what's happened of course there's been some dreadful things and people have lost people mm. and and that is a tragedy but like you said if you can go further within and, and find those positive things it can be a really a really enriched time of learning and it, I'm quite excited to hear about your quotes I want to put you on a, on the spot and ask you to share a favorite positive quote with us um or are you plagiarizing them off google and printing them out no I'm, I mean there's, there's some that kind of get some of really basic ones like, so I've got um what what are you going to create today very basic very simple I've got mm-hmm. let me see hold on uh, practice makes progress rather than practice makes Good. perfect because I think we've we've established that earlier um the other one was that uh War kids at heart pretending to to be adults was the the latest one. I like that one. That that popped yeah. up. Follow your heart. I mean, they're, they're very they're kind of affirmations to to bring me back in. You want to see them quickly and get straight back into into the mix. But I mm-hmm. I, I genuinely feel like everything that you're you're saying about we have to level up to be a light to help people because what happens is misery loves company. So then we we know that it's like we can all dwell in it and and the thing is it's not it's not saying that. We can't talk about it, but if we don't balance it, how can there ever be shining lights? You're giving a shining light for people to say, oh, I can go to the podcast and I can listen to Katie mm. and I can hear this this whole wonderful healing from it. <sighs> I get a balance from this. And we need more people like that because otherwise we're kind of just going to be in this together and it's just like we just keep in this low vibe and we need people to pull us up. They've got the thing. Mm-hmm. We've got to raise it right. up. You know what I'm saying? Bring it out of them. Yeah, yeah we're doing yeah. it. Got, got to. Because otherwise, and I know music is, is my way and also more of this, more of yeah. sharing. Connection. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 
Do you think the year has changed you? I mean, you talked a little bit about finding new hobbies. You know, obviously you've got your studio at home, mm. but it's not it's not the same life that you're used to. You know, how has the year been for you with COVID? Um, it gave me, that's other things we, we, we spoke about before mm. in terms of how it's affected people. Once I kind of realised that the only way I can help is by tapping into more into my creativity. So what weekly I'll put up a, a performance of me doing one of my tunes from home. So I just be yeah. literally in the same place I am now and I'll, I'll throw up a tune and I just, and I'll get dressed up for it, throw on my thing, feel good. And I'll just do a, do a performance and feel that moment and I'll throw it up. And then I, for me, it's, I get, it's therapeutic for me to do it. But then when I see the responses of people saying, oh man, I was having a bad day and I listened to the song and it brought me back and I, I felt good. And I remember when I was with my friends and we went on that holiday and, da, 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 and I messaged my mate and I told them and we started to watch. Wow. So nostalgic. The ripple yeah. effect is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. That's one, one, three, even throughout three and a half, four minute song in my studio. That's all I need to do. But, and what a great coping mechanism, like getting dressed up, like that goes back to dignity, identity, definitely. who, you know, not forgetting who you are, like the pride, you know, self-respect. These things are so important in times like this. Yeah, you need to kind of, you need to feel like you can, you can have those moments. But actually at the same time, if, if you're able to make ends meet, because I know that this, it's very hard and people become very anxious when they're like, well, yeah, it's all good for you because you don't mean it's like that. That's easy to go there. It's all good for you is the first the opening line. Like when you've got bills to pay and you've got like mouse to feed and you've got. So I understand that it's, it's hard to sometimes get out of that rut when you've mm-hmm. got a lot of pressure that's kind of feels so heavy and dense. But it's mm-hmm. kind of a part in which, again, it's balance is saying, OK, well, I know the scenario. I know that that's not that's that's going on and I can't control it. So I've just got to go with the best I can. But the part yeah. I can I'm going to put my favorite tune on and I'm going to, I'm going to put that movie on that I love that gives me that vibe for an hour and a half. And I'm going to be cool. Those are, that's it. And be okay with, I didn't do anything today. We love the do, 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 what do, yeah, what, what we're are we doing? Being like, busy. Just, and I've mm. accomplished something at the end of the day. And then you realize like, well, I feel tired. I'm not really feeling too happy, but I, I've actually, a couple of friends who've got kids, I've said to them and I've got kids. So like, but it's, so it's, it's just for my observation kids are the best, like, especially young kids, like they're the best teachers. They're not worrying about all the nonsense that we seem to be getting. They're just like, can we just play? Can we just literally, can we play with the balloon? Can we play the board game? Can we, yeah. can we just do that? So yeah. Pure. Can we watch mm-hmm. Moana like five times in a row? And the thing is, that's a good film though, Moana. Film. All, all these films, Moana, <laughs> Soul, uh, Aladdin, mm-hmm. if, Aladdin, if you watch them, they're at Willy Wonka Constructor Factory. They're all kind of like very there's adult themes in them and a lot of life lessons to be learned if you watch it from an adult point of view, but, the, oh, but yeah. the kids get it. And they're like, no wonder they love Moana. Wow, I can leave the I can leave the island and I can go on my quest and do my thing. I can be that woman. Yeah. And all the authority figures in my life, be it father or be it whoever, no, you can't, you stay with it. And she's like, no, no, mm. grandma's like, you broke away. And you. that's all our, our inner child's trying to do. So in moments when it gets funky, You've got to tap in. You've got to say, time out here. I can't change this. Maybe my kids might be able to give me a little helping hand here. Get down on the knees with them, play with them. All of a sudden, they'll say something to you, make you laugh out loud. And all of a sudden, your worries are gone for an hour and a half, two hours. And then yeah. it'll get stressful it's a again. It's antidepressant. Yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll cause a riot and mash up the whole place and do it crazy. But then you just <laughs> the balance. <laughs> it's like, you know what I mean? Yeah. 50-50. What about for you? Is that something that's on your um, ambition, a family? Family. You listen, I, I feel like, I would be, I'd like to think I'd be a great dad. So mm. having, 
having the right partner um, mm-hmm. first and and then and then see how it goes. I've really, when it comes to family, I think before I'd always like play out that thing of, oh, you've got to be ready and you, you, you know what I mean? The music mm-hmm. and you're on tour and that's just like nonsense. That's the same talk I've, I've heard. So many people say, yeah, I'm busy. Got to keep it moving. What, you're busy for love? Love is mm-hmm. on the side now. No, 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 no. If you find the right partner and you both are kind of like, you're moving together and you've got your own things going on. You don't, it's not this, you're my other half. Cause I think it's very Hollywood that your whole, yeah. your whole, we come together and it's a vibe when we're together, but I'm not completing anything. You, you complete yourself and I'll complete myself and together we have a great time. That's real partnership. It's not codependent. Mm-hmm. It's just vibing. There's no ownership. Nah. Yeah. And then everyone yeah. can be seen and we spend time together. It's great. So I know that that's, my next phase. Well, you know what they say? They say, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. Jeez, because that's it. You know. It's all in his hands, you see. You don't need to start sketching out your plans. That's it. It's this serendipity. It really is. Like, and all those, all those movies, I, I feel they all touch upon that. It's just like, get yourself sorted out first. So show mm-hmm. some real self-love. Get that. Because you don't want to go into a relationship where you've got a whole load of baggage to bring to someone else. They, they don't. It's not fair. Nah. Yeah. So get yourself together. And when you're ready, trust me, that elevated vibration will bring in the right person and you're both, you're hit. It has to. It's just like anything. You focus in, have fun, surrender. Mm. Vibes. So this year, are you feeling particularly reflective, you know, because you've got this birthday, you've had this amazing comeback. Have you, I don't know if you're a goals orientated person, but I don't know. I'd find it hard to feel with you that is there anything left on the list in terms of your career and ambitions? Do you know what? Before, I think when I was first starting off, I would have said, on to the next thing, on to the next thing. Once you achieve this, once you achieve that. But as we've been speaking about here today, it's it's not about all those achievements. They're great. They really are. Mm. And I, I'm, I'm very proud. And But their achievements and the goalposts keep shifting and the mind and the ego will keep on telling you, yeah, but wow, you've got the MBE. So what? You need the OBE though. Oh man, that's not enough. You need the CBE. So all of a sudden it's on the net. It's nonsense. It's the same, same spiral. But when you step off that, you start to say, I can have these achievements. I can have goals, but it's, mm. it is the, it is the journey. So I'm loving today, spending it with you, having this conversation is beautiful to me. That's, that's beautiful. Yeah. I'm in this. And if I can have loads of those moments, yes. yeah, you're enjoying life. Yeah. But if your yeah. destination is there, you miss all all the joy and fun and things that go on in between. You miss the whole thing. And then you just see someone at the end. I think if you ask most people who are kind of at the end of their life and they're older and live their life out, they'll look back and they'll, they'll just say, it'll be moments of regret that they wish they didn't do that. They wish they had done this. They wish they had done that. Mm-hmm. and wish they hadn't overthought this. And back to friends, family, love, have fun, play. Like just do more of that, your health. Just just stay there and you, you're calm and the rest will, will come. Don't, don't stress out yourself because you need this. You don't need nothing for anyone. No one can mm. tell you anything. You are extraordinary and it's that's it, period. It's such good advice. I remember for myself when I thought that my life was coming to an end, you know, mm. quite a young age, mm. um, I remember my biggest regret was wasting so much time on the people that did matter over the things that didn't matter. Mm-mm. And I kind of promised myself, I'm not doing that to those people anymore. You know, if I get through this, if I come out the other side of this, I'm not going to hold grudges. I'm not going to waste time on stuff. All those people that matter, I'm going to give them my time. You know, I'm not yeah. going to waste it on, on petty stuff that's material or irrelevant. Um, and I've kind of stood by that. And that's brought me so much fulfillment and, and happiness. It's been 
Wonderful. You're, you're, you're such a shining light, Katie, you really do. I see how you've taken a candle that's, that was there, it was dimly lit, and you've blown. It's a roaring flame now. It's, it's a fire because it shot you into a trajectory that maybe you wouldn't have gone before. It might have been a different route. Yeah. And I think... I would have been death to that before. I wouldn't have listened. You know what I'm saying? So, so yeah. it's a, it's a, it's amazing blessing and you're sharing it. And I think that's the, the biggest thing, sharing it. It's all good having these moments that happen and people don't tend to share it. We all have the platforms mm. now. There's, they can share their stories because it just means that that's the connection that says, oh, what? That person went through that. Oh my God, I didn't, mm. th- I thought I was alone in this. Oh gosh, there's so many other people that have... Wow. Isn't it feel better to be, have more people that are with you that can, you can have empathy than feeling alone because yeah. alone is where it, it's, a, it's a dark spiral. That Yeah. Well, I have to thank you so much for sharing so much of yourself today. You know, it can, it can be draining. It, it can take a lot of energy from people to speak so openly and honestly. So I want to express my gratitude to you for doing oh. that today for, for me and for the audience as well. And you have truly been extraordinary. So thank you. Thank you, Katie. You are too. I really appreciate you. <laughs> Amazing. Thanks for listening to Katie Piper's Extraordinary People. If you haven't already, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed this, please help us spread the word. Rate and review the show where you got this or share on socials. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.